Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today, listeners, I'm excited to say I've got a fabulous guest with me. Her name is Gia Lilly. So welcome, Gia. Thank you so much for having me, Lynn. Gia is a love and relationship coach. And today we were thinking about talking around the subject of intentional about the way we show up in our relationships. So, Gia... Please tell me how you got into the industry and, uh, and explain to our listeners a little bit about uh, yourself. Of course. I mean, first of all, I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much, Lynn, for having me. That's really, really no problem at all. I, I love your energy, Gia, and uh, I think we've got a lot of things in common and we're very in line with what we actually teach our respective audiences, aren't we? Uh, oh, absolutely. And I loved when, when we got together. And uh, this really ties in with you know, what I do and you know, why being intentional is really, really important and why I'm passionate about it as well. And um, when you and I got together, Lynn, uh, in the first place, you know, I, I really felt this synergy and about being intentional about the kind of relationship that we were setting up right from the start. And that's very much what I'm passionate about and make sure that when I'm working with my single clients and also with my um, partnered and married clients, you know, to make sure that they are connecting and being very intentional about the way that they're showing up in their relationships. Now, the reason why I care so much about this is because just like many of us, you know, we've been through heartbreak, we've been through situations where our relationships weren't necessarily a two-way thing and, and maybe that was the way we were also showing up too. And maybe we weren't checking in with the other person as well. So, and, and when that happens, um, our relationships can fall by the wayside and, and that's why I'm very passionate to make sure that both parties are coming into the relationship and coming at the relationship um, from a place of being very intentional so that they can connect and that they can grow and they can maintain a relationship together. So could you please explain to us, Gia, what, what, what would you, you know, if you was actually asked what's the definition of being intentional, you know, if somebody wasn't clear or sure, what does intentional actually mean? What, what would you say to that? That's a great question. Really, this is about being mindful about who you are and how you are showing up within your relationship. That's how I would say being intentional. It's like, okay, so what, what do I want out of the relationship? Who am I within that relationship dynamic? What can I give? And also what do I, what do I want out of it as well? You know, and whatever it is that I want out of the relationship, um, what does it mean? Like, how do I need to behave in order to have what I want? So that all goes under the umbrella of being intentional about 
how we are showing up in our relationships and what we want out of it as well. Excellent. I love the way you described that. It was very clear and concise. So thank you for that. I'm okay. sure our listeners are very clear now about what the word actually intentional actually means in the context of our relationships. And, and do you think that's different um, for romantic relationships against other relationships or do you think that's the same? You know, that is a great question because people do tend to differentiate between the different relationship types, don't they? Have you found that? Yes. Yeah. Mm. Well, to be honest with you and, and the way that I see it is like um, in every relationships, I believe we all need to be very intentional. And I also think that that's very important in romantic relationships and partnerships too. And unfortunately, I don't see too much of that because somehow romantic relationships are seen as a different thing entirely. So they think they've got to behave completely differently. Yeah, um, that's very true. Yeah, I think so. And I do think that some people probably get the word intentional mixed up with having expectations as well, don't they? Which, are, which they, they are two different things, isn't it? Aren't they really? Absolutely. And I love that you've raised that. Yeah, for sure. Um, yes, having expectations is definitely a different thing. And I think from, from what I've seen with the clients that I've seen over the years, having expectations can actually limit you. Mm. Because we can be very boxed in about the way that we think about things, the kind of things that we want. So we can be a little too rigid and not be as open and flexible to the way that um, we, um, how do we say this? Um, about being flexible in terms of giving our partner or our intended partner the space to be who they are, like allowing them to grow. Mm. Um, and you know leaning into that so that you're growing with them as well it's almost like it's an interesting one I'm really trying to find the words but it really is about moving with them and being accepting for want of a better word yeah but I think it is about accepting mm. um, accepting who they are you know obviously supporting them to be their best self and and within that you know, uh, trusting that they'll support you to be your best self, but not wanting to change the other person, you know, mm -hmm. so they feel as though they're being judged. Absolutely. And I'm glad that you've said it that way, because you've just helped me to clarify exactly what I wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, that's amazing. You see, I'm glad because, you know, um, having this kind of synergy that you and I do, you are able to pick up on where I was going with this. So I love the fact that we have that. Me too. Yeah, so I, I do get what you're saying, you know, absolutely. Because I do feel that um, without sort of wanting to put too much onus on women, uh, but I do feel, you know, from my own research and my own experience that women do tend to more have the high expectations <laughs> around what, what they want their partner to be be like and uh, be you know they're, they're usually quite guilty of wanting to change their partner if he doesn't tick every single box rather than you know giving that partner the space to be, to be a better version of who they are and accepting him for who he is yes absolutely and i love again you know i <laughs> i i just love the fact that we are in resonance with one another and where we're going with all of this and by the way ladies and gentlemen this wasn't planned or primed beforehand at all we are absolutely here live off the cuff 
so you can see this happening in real time. Um, anyhow, getting a little sidetracked there. Um, I love the fact that you mentioned that, Lynn. And yes, unfortunately, we as women, and it has been researched and documented uh, from a psychological level that we as women do tend to be more perfectionist mm -hmm. in terms of what we want from our partner, whether uh, as opposed to the men, let's say we are in a heterosexual relationship and the man psychologically always thinks about how can I be a better man? How can I be a better version of me? Right. Whereas yeah. with women, it's more like, well, how can I make him better? Yeah. Uh, you know, from a, from a, <laughs> almost from a critical standpoint, you know, he's doing the best he can. Yeah. He's not worried about being perfect, but he's still making an effort. Whereas we as women tend to come into the, into the dialogue, into the relationship thinking, oh, he's got to be perfect already. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is that as well, energetically, men feel that as well, don't they? When we were judging them or when, or when we were sort of having those expectations that aren't being met, he feels that whether you're verbalizing it or not. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And absolutely. You know, one of the common things I, I tend to say, and I think this has been affirmed in a, a one or two other podcasts as well, is that, you know, when men very often feel the weight of a woman's expectations and that's not attractive to him. You know, it's more likely to make him withdraw, actually, from the relationship, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And, and men do feel the pressure. It, it's amazing how very different creatures men and women actually are. And I'm sure um, your audience probably has come across, you know, the, the whole men are from Mars, women are from Venus thing. Yes. And, and, and the truth of the matter is that we are very different. Our brains are wired very differently. I'm sorry, it's my, my neuro coach head on now. Yeah. <laughs> we are very different. We are wired differently. We as women are more emotional. And that is not a criticism at all. It's our superpower, in fact. Yes. Um, so we, we pick up on things that he hasn't even said. Yeah, massively. And also, I think, you know, in the name of equality, um, yeah. that word has been very much misunderstood in terms of, you know, equality means yes. equal opportunities. It doesn't mean being the same as men or vice versa. Yes. And, you know, this this... Um, trend towards trying to make everybody gender neutral means that you know people are feeling like they're gender neutered and then all that does is dampen the attraction and the passion because we're trying to be all the same rather than embracing our differences yes I so agree with you and it's true it's true ladies <laughs> um, I, I'd hate to say it but it is true and I'll be very very honest here and say that uh, once upon a time and it's still there with me but I'm very aware of it but you know when we are alpha females for want of a better word you know when we are in our masculine when we are very driven and we are in a male orientated world um, that kind of energy all the time can actually be very off-putting to a man. Yeah, and, and then we wonder why, you know, the real strong alpha male that we really want to attract, you know, the healthy alpha male, I mean, you know, the one that's yes. very chivalrous, the one that's very passionate, the one that's very assertive, and the one mm -hmm. that wants to lead and take charge of the relationship and really protect, protect and uh, look after you. 
um, isn't going to be attracted to that masculine energy, you know, and uh, this is what I educate women about is, you know, you can let go of that masculine energy. If you need to use it, fine, fair enough. You know, in a work environment, no problem with that. But don't think, you know, in a romantic sense, men are going to be attracted to that or not the sort of man that you are looking to attract anyway. Right, exactly. Exactly. You know, you don't want to bring that home. (laughs) I always say, (laughs) don't bring... (laughs) no don't 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 don't, when you come or rather when you walk through the door when you get home you know is is take the trousers off and give him his balls back is what I normally say (laughs) I love that (laughs) but it's true it's true no man likes to feel emasculated bottom line exactly and this isn't stuff that's taught to us so don't feel if you're you know somebody that's sort of resonating with being that alpha female in that masculine energy, that it's your fault. It's not your fault. Nobody's to blame here, but it is our responsibility to, once we've got that awareness, to, to check in with ourselves and we want things to change because our relationship status isn't what it, we want it to be, then, you know, it starts with looking at ourselves and, you know, and understanding this, doesn't it? Uh, oh, absolutely. Awareness is the first step to everything because then we have the power to change it. And it doesn't need to be a huge, big step, does it? You know, once we have some awareness about this stuff, it's literally taking that first small step that can literally need, lead to a whole new destination. And I like to use the analogy, you know, that if you're a pilot on a plane, you know, just one degree off course, you'll end up in a different country, you know, so you don't need to make a huge adjustment sometimes to attract what you want. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that analogy. It's true though. Yeah, absolutely. All it can take sometimes is a mindset perspective. It's amazing when I've been talking to clients in sessions and, you know, even that my high performing performance uh, ladies and gentlemen, because I work with men and women who tend to be high achievers. And when I'm talking to them and I say something to them in session and suddenly the light bulb goes on and they're like, oh, I never even knew. I didn't even think of that. And like they have these massive epiphanies. Sometimes, you know, we just don't know what we don't know. A lot of the time we're not doing these things deliberately at all. No, it's no. all it's happening on an unconscious level. And certainly mm-hmm. our modern society and education and parenting isn't conducive to helping us, uh, you know, attract healthy long-term relationships is it no yeah exactly especially the way that the world is moving so quickly now we're like in a microwave society and we do expect things to be happening fast like now the day before yesterday yeah so i think we are also becoming less patient uh, in the process too most certainly so can you give us then a perhaps case study where you've worked with a particular client around being more intentional and where they were before they had this awareness to where they are now having gained this awareness for us Gia. Sure. yeah of course um well the, <laughs> well the the ones that come to mind really you know i find more than anything else is that when someone comes to me they usually come to you for something else and they come out with a lot more than they came in with. Yes. Meaning, I mean, meaning like they've taken away a lot more from the time that we spent together. Like they've come in consciously with, well, you know, I'm finding it really hard to get a date, etc. 
right? Or I'm attracting the wrong kind of people. What's going on? You know, I feel like I'm going to be, I'm doomed to be single forever, right? Mm. And, and then when we really break it down, we take a look at, you know, and we've taken a look at their habits, their behaviors, um, you know, the way that they've thought, even their history. And when we've really broken it down, we found that, okay, she's turned into a workaholic. She's holding herself back because she doesn't want to get hurt again. And because of that, you know, she has created this kind of wall and, and now giving out this frequency, this energy of, of, you know, well, you can't approach me. I'm not approachable. I'm not emotionally available for a relationship. And then she's wondered why she's attracted people who are just after a bit of fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and I get a lot of that myself, you know, in terms of women that, that say, you know, men are after one thing, they're just after mm. a, a hookup or a friend with benefits or something like that. But then yeah. unconsciously, you know, we're creating that for ourselves. You know, we have got um, our, our own responsibility within creating that dynamic without even realizing, haven't we? Yeah. So, I mean, like you say, so it's happening on an unconscious level. Nobody wants that. No. Let, let's rephrase that. Um, nobody intentionally wants that, you know, no. and when we have been, and unfortunately I've seen a lot of cases whereby I say cases, I mean situations really, because we are dealing with people and you know, the, the fact that we've all had um, pasts, which aren't necessarily healthy from a, from a relationship standpoint. And, you know, when we are healing and we're going through that process of healing, you know, there are still issues maybe around trust, maybe around our own um, uh, self-worth, maybe our own self-belief, self-confidence, things like that. When we're still working through those things, we're feeling vulnerable. And when we're feeling vulnerable, it's harder for us to show up to be uh, uh, that, that kind of person or that kind of partner to be involved in a long-term committed relationship, even if we want one, even if that is our deepest desire to, to be in a loving, committed relationship. And that isn't happening because we're still carrying around the fears of what's been before and we don't want a repeat performance. Of course, there's going to be a mismatch then because our fears are overriding our true desire to be in a loving, committed relationship. So yeah. we've got to get back, back ourselves back into alignment I and in so, reference of what we want. Yeah, I so, yeah. so agree with that. And the two things that you mentioned that I'd like to pick up on is um, the word vulnerability and also the word fear. Now, for me, I personally know, you know, that, being vulnerable from a loving state is totally different to being vulnerable from a fear state, you know, because if you're vulnerable from a fear state, in other words, you're in your head, yes. then, you know, you are going to be attracting unhealthy or, or uh, unfulfilling relationships. Whereas if you're vulnerable from a, a very healthy state, you're certainly going to be very attracted then to a guy, you know, if you're coming from a place of love and connecting to your heart, but then you're vulnerable from that place, it's totally different, isn't it? Oh, it absolutely is. And I love that you have made that very clear distinction there. It really is very different, uh, you know, from uh, being in your head to being in your heart and being, because when you're being vulnerable uh, from a heart space, it, it's giving out the signal 
to that person, to that, to the, the intended partner, that you trust them. Yes, yes. And it's very, very, Sorry, very, please carry on. yeah, it can be very, very um, attractive to men, you know, to see you being vulnerable from that heart love space rather than, you know, uh, you know, that healthy space, in other words, yeah. because uh, rather than seeing it as a, a sign of weakness, you know, it's only a sign of weakness if you're coming from that fear yes. in your head space, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And like you say, it adds to the attraction. But what I will say about that is just another thing about being vulnerable from a heart space and, and that space of trust. Now, hopefully, ladies, you'll be doing this from a place of where the person, where that guy has earned your trust already. Yes. Rather than rather than just, you know, pouring out your heart in any case. Make sure that he has been doing enough, he's been showing you the signs very clearly that he is trustworthy that's a very good point because um again women can be guilty can't they <laughs> yeah like you said pouring out their heart without really having been in a relationship two minutes and really knowing whether this guy is going to be that safe person to to be vulnerable with absolutely and i say this from experience i've i've got it horribly wrong and it's been you know and it's backfired on me which is why i made that very clear distinction um in terms of you know ha that person having earned your trust before you can really be vulnerable in their presence for sure and i actually do advise my female clients to you know let the guy lead the relationship and i know for again for some women you know, we want, like you say, in this fast food <laughs> society, yeah. we want it yesterday. And women are usually more keen at times to move the relationship forward than men are. But I, th I do feel it's very important to let the guy uh, set the pace, you know, and be prepared to be patient around that. <laughs> yes. I mean, yes, I think so. I think where the anxiety, if I may, I think where the anxiety really comes in, in terms of the women is that there are two things going on. Uh, for those of us who are very career oriented, we may have already spent the majority of our life in career. And now we're like maybe 38 to 40. And if we want to have children, that clock is ticking. So mm. that may well be, you know, one of the reasons why we want to move things along a bit quicker, you know, to fulfill the, the biological aspect of having a family. That, yeah. that could be one of the yeah. reasons. Um, the, the other reason could well be that if she has been in a relationship before and it's gone, it's gone nowhere and she's been very patient for four years, five years, whatever, and she's thinking, well, you know, you, you sunshine, you better hurry up because <laughs> you know, we ain't got time to waste. Then, you know, and, and sometimes what can happen is that from the guy's perspective, if he is essentially taking too long and not really showing her that he is trustworthy and that there really is a future, then that can be a problem. So, you know, and again, like we said earlier on, women, we with our spidey senses, we know if he's dragging his feet. Yeah, definitely. I think you yeah. raised some valid, valid points in, in what you've just said there. And uh, I feel that, you know, sometimes like you say, our, our hormones can betray us. You mentioned about the biological clock and, you know, so yeah. then you, you know, you're keen to sort of get settled down because if you do want to have children, you just feel that your, your window up of opportunity is going to be shortening very rapidly. 
but mm. you know it's, it's, it's about having those conversations in a in a sense of that he's not feeling that he's just going to be a sperm donor for you you know that right. he, he actually matters rather than you know you need a father for your kids <laughs> and that's a very important question uh, uh, conversation to have and a very important question to to pose as well because from from what i understand and what i've seen you know the the onus seems to be on the women in terms of you know this is what they want in terms of family who who's asking the men about this mm. yeah i agree you know the, the, these questions like you say need to be qualified right at the start and you know don't be afraid to express what you want you don't you don't need to say well you need to marry me within a year because that that isn't going to work that's going to make him run for the hills but if you say you know what i really love in a relationship and make generalize it is to you know uh, within the next few years settle down and have a family you know i feel ready for that then he can decide whether he wants to fulfill that role for you or not you know and he knows exactly what you want because you've expressed it yes yes exactly and really the first two years of a relationship is really easy uh, i say really easy like that what i mean it's much easier uh just because of the way our hormones are set up uh, in terms of when we fall in love. In fact, did did you know that it takes 0.2 seconds to fall in love? No, I didn't know that. How would they been able to measure that, I wonder? <laughs> I wonder that too. But, you know, neuroscience and fMRI imaging is very, very clever. They've managed to, to, to pad it down to 0.2 seconds. It actually takes for you to fall in love. And I'll tell you why, theoretically, it's so easy to fall in love. Is because there are 12 regions of the brain which are dedicated to falling in love. So that's why it's so easy. Oh, I love the science that you're bringing into this because I've not heard this before. This is interesting. <laughs> yeah, this is what I'm saying. You know, when you're a neuro coach, you get to find out these things. So, yes, so that's why it's easy for the first two years. You know, our hormones are very favorable, like we're in that in love stage, you know, what we call. Um, a limerence um so that in love stage right at the beginning like those hormones can keep us sustained for almost like two years up to two years so it's after that when the hormones drop and die down this is really when the couples are being tested and say well actually do i want a future with him or her can this really go somewhere do we see ourselves together like after those two years um so yeah it's an interesting one and that is when the effort actually comes into the relationship that's when the real work starts it is and it all starts like we've been speaking about on and off right through is is around that word awareness isn't it you know educating yes. yourself around mm -hmm. the information that Gia and i are sharing so that you then can make the decision to either be responsible take responsibility and and do something new to change your relationship status or decide you know what i'm just going to stay stuck and keep repeating the same old happen bad happen mm -hmm. <laughs> patterns mm -hmm. of behavior mm -hmm. yeah and it's as simple as that sort of choice isn't it for us it really is it really is it calls for us to make a choice you know either as you say either we stay as we are or we make a change or we've got to make a decision one way or another either way it's a choice Absolutely. So on that note, Gia, thank you so much for sharing your pearls of wisdom. How can our audience members best get in touch with you? What's your best contact information? 
Well, I love hanging up, uh, hanging out on Facebook. And if you just type in at Coach Gia Lilly, which is C O A C H G I A L I L I on Facebook, you you'll see my Facebook page come up. You know, I I do videos and all sorts there. So and you know, keep in keep in touch with everything that I'm doing. So I post everything there. So you are more than welcome to connect with me there. Excellent. Thank you so much, Gia. That's been a really, really lovely conversation. And as always, listeners, if you need to find out more about Gia and her other social media or contact information, that will be contained within the Hearts Entwined show notes. So thank you, Gia, for sharing your words of wisdom again. It's been really great. I've loved this particular episode. So thank you so much. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you so much. Bye, everyone. <laughs> so on that note listeners I'll just wrap up with my normal true love starts with opening our hearts and until next time goodbye for now thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast you can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com that's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.